0: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: When it comes to elections and the electoral process, we seem to be focusing a lot more these days on social media. And then given that you know, people are on social media, getting news from social media, getting a sense maybe of what other people are thinking on social media, it certainly becomes more relevant. Are there opportunities, though, through social media to manipulate public opinion? I mean, even outside of an election. I mean, if I were to set up a a bunch of fake Twitter accounts, make them look like actual people, and have one of them say, yeah, Rob Breckenridge, best talk show host ever, and all the rest of them saying, oh, yeah, definitely, that's totally true. I agree 100%. If, If you see that people are talking about something, or you see that a bunch of people seem to be all in agreement about something, is that the kind of thing that can influence you? And influence public opinion. There's a study of this week. Now, it should mention it was commissioned by the Alberta Federation of Labor, and they are registered as a third party advertiser in this election. Uh, but they commissioned a company called Mention Map Analytics to review Twitter discussion around the Alberta election. Now, typically people are talking about the election, they're using hashtags like AB Ledge or A B P O L I or A B E L X N. And so you can go back and you can look at the tweets that, that have used that hashtag. Now, it's also possible people are tweeting about the election and not using those hashtags, but that's what this study looked at. Based on their analysis, Mention App found that nearly 29% of the profiles that were tweeting about the, le- the election were likely to be bots. Now, that's about double what estimates peg the total number of, of bots on Twitter app estimated about 15% of all Twitter accounts are are bots. Now, at this point, and even the company concedes, there's no way of knowing who put these fake accounts there. There's no way of knowing what kind of an effect this this might have on the election, if any. So is this something we should worry about? Joining us to talk more about the issue, very pleased to welcome to the program Tom Keenan. He's a professor at the University of Calgary. He's author of the best-selling book, Techno Creep. Tom, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Happy Election Day. Uh, Well, to you as well. Uh, Let's start with a a fairly basic question here. Tom, when we refer to bots, what are we referring to?
0: These are automated uh, programs, basically. So if you're on Twitter and you see something you like, you can retweet it, or you can type in original content, and it goes out there. A bot is not a human being. It's something that somebody has programmed, and it might retweet something. You might feed it content. And the way that Mention App Study worked is it looked at Twitter accounts that were just doing a tremendous amount of tweeting, faster than they figured any human being could do, and that was their main criterion for deciding
1: if it was a bot. Because it's difficult to know, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you can't ultimately. I guess Twitter might have some information deep in its files like the IP address that created it and so on. And I'm sure they do some work to try to get a fake, rid of fake accounts. On the other hand, you know, the stocks of these social media companies are very much key to, well, how much, how many followers have you got? How many users have you got? So it's not really in their interest to go you know, doing too much house cleaning.
1: Well, yeah, and sometimes it's obvious where you got an account that was created a day ago uh, and it's got, you know, the random sequence of 10 numbers in the name. They've, they haven't tweeted about anything and all of a sudden they've got a lot of opinions on Alberta politics. There's yep. no photo or any of that. that. might be a red flag, but but some of them can be pretty sophisticated.
0: Yeah, there actually are companies that start Twitter accounts for the sole purpose of letting them age like fine wine so that it's not a new account. It's been around for 18 months, and then they will do a kind of spam as a service type of thing where they use those accounts to go out there and send things. And when you check, you go, oh, that thing's been around for a while. But usually if you take a good look at it, you can figure out that it's not a human being behind it.
1: So who actually, I mean, is a lot of this automated? Are there programs that can generate realistic-looking yeah, tweets?
0: you go on Google, go on Google, type in, create a Twitter bot, and it will tell you how to do it. It takes some coding in a language like Python or something like that. But as I said, there are unscrupulous companies that will do it for you kind of as a service. There was one politician, Quebec's Pauline Marois, who was caught buying fake Twitter followers. Now, she probably didn't do it personally. It was probably someone on her staff. But it was well documented that to puff up her reputation, she went to one of these companies and they supplied her with a whole bunch of followers who loved everything she said because they were bots.
1: Well, yeah, there are people who do that. And it's a way of saying, you know, look at me. I'm so influential. I've got all of these followers. But in terms of people looking to advance a political agenda, where, where's the value in this?
0: There is the theory, and it's often you now attributed, the big lie theory attributed to Hitler, that if you see something over and over again, you start to believe it. It's like an unconscious thing. It's right up there with, if you actually own something, you think it's more valuable than if you just look at it. So it's kind of a trait of human nature that if we see even a lie repeated over and over, we're going to tend to believe it. And that's part of the theory behind this. I did have a graduate student who did some really good research on the Iranian election a couple of elections ago, and he tracked down all the Twitter traffic. And that was his first problem. There was so much Twitter traffic. It was like drinking from a fire hose. But he got a bunch of it. And two of his key findings, a lot of the people who claimed that they were in Iran were, in fact, in California or somewhere. A lot of the tweets that were written in Farsi, the Iranian language, had been written in English and then translated with Google Translate. And the other bonus finding he found is there were people who switched midway. They supported one candidate and suddenly, no, no, he's a dog. We want to go support that guy. And often that's because their accounts were hijacked by bad guys.
1: Interesting. Now, Twitter seems to pale in comparison to Facebook just in terms of sheer size, the number of people on Facebook, maybe even the way we interact with with the various social media tools. But, I mean, should we be concerned about this? It's hard to know how much of an impact it's having.
0: Yeah, I mean, people who get all their information from Twitter, you know, you can just watch Donald Trump all day and and see what he puts out there and, you know, decide whether you think it's true or not. Uh, I've gotten a few emails recently from people I know, and I know that they're from them because I replied to the emails and they'll tell me things that only they could know. And they give me, you know, advice on how to vote because they're passionate about something. And I, you know, I say, well, of course, I'm not going to tell you how I'm going to vote, but... um, Thank you for your passion, and thank you for your ideas. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a lot more influential than something I see on Twitter, because as you said, it could be faked, it could be hijacked, and anyway, it's you know, just something on Twitter. So I'm much more value. I mean, ideally, I want to meet my neighbor walking the dog who says, oh my God, this is the big issue, you better vote for this candidate. And then I, I take that most seriously, and I take, particularly because of the Trump effect, what's on Twitter with a very big grain of salt.
1: Right, because there's there's fake accounts and there's fake stories, right? I mean, Absolutely. so if we have a real account tweeting a story that's not true, that's probably worse than, than a fake account saying, uh, I love so-and-so.
0: Sure, and the other thing is you get people who retweet or post on Facebook just based on a headline. And anybody who's worked in the media knows you can write all kinds of headlines. Often the the journalists who write the stories don't write the headlines in the newspaper because that's an editor who has to make it fit in some space. So the headline may say one thing, and 10 paragraphs down in the story may be something that you don't support. So definitely, if you're going to send out some content, at least do us the courtesy of reading the thing all the way through to make sure that you actually believe it.
1: Yeah, good advice. Uh, Tom, appreciate the insight as always. Thanks for making some time for us here this afternoon. Okay,
0: thank you. All right, take
1: care. Uh, Tom Keenan, professor at the University of Calgary, author of the bestseller Techno Creep. His thoughts uh, on uh, Twitter and bots and social media. Yeah, read past the headline. Um, that, That can be frustrating for people who write things. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.